Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Man, wasn't that good? Just to sing some songs, man, and just enjoy what God's doing in Christmas already, just to change the atmosphere, right? A miracle can happen, and the atmosphere changes. Uh, I would say it this way. Welcome to winter, you know? Uh, Man, it's cold outside, isn't it? I mean, it's really cold. And I heard some people say this week, and I heard this one line probably about four or five times, uh, if it's going to be this cold, yeah, it might as well snow. Well, I hope you got your wish. I mean, I hope you're happy now. I mean, you, you got everything you wished for and more. Black ice, icy snow, big snowflakes, little snowflakes, and a whole lot of cold temperatures. Uh, Merry Christmas in Bal Humbug. So um, now, now you may be wondering, why am I so jolly this morning? Um, well, let's just say uh, I, we were supposed to have a parade, and I got to the parade last night, a local parade, and I was the only one who showed up. Let's just say I found some joy, and that's all I could do, literally. I drove by a house, and I said, thank you, Jesus, because I needed that. And so I got out and took a picture of it, and I had people drive by, and it's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm here for a parade. Don't you know it's been canceled? Nope, nope, nope. Do now, though. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you and you and you and everybody that stopped by just to take a picture of me taking a picture of joy. So... Uh, it's awesome when God shows up and, and you have to stop and just take a picture, man, right? Uh, but hey, here's the bright side of that story. We won the best in show. <laughs> you know? Front row, slow as can be right here, man. Slow as can be. It took me, ah! <laughs> so... If you're new with us today, man, thank you so much for taking some time out connecting with us. We're, we're really in part three of this series called um, Regifted, right? Regift. And what we learned over the past couple of weeks is simple. Uh, it's been a huge difference maker in our lives, and simply because uh, what you have been posting about on social media, right? Uh, and because we had some people take the dare in week one, and we had some people literally hashtag it, regift CP17, and it's, and it's changed some people's lives simply because uh, of your boldness uh, and, and your generosity to share a little bit about your story, your past, and, and your Jesus story. In week one, what we learned was, was a verse that everybody knows, if we're just honest. I mean, even people who are not Christ followers sort of know the verse. Um, but we, we all agreed we need to look at this verse again, and it was in John 3, 16, right? Uh, that, that God so what? He loved, he loved, right, the world that he what? Gave. Come on, church, come on. I know it's cold outside, but he what? He, there we go. They're alive and well. And, and, and through that giving, it continues to impact and change lives because of one simple word. Love. Love. And what we said is this is you can't give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And that is so true. And when we truly recognize this, it changes everything. It changes the atmosphere. We start to see miracles. We start to see the supernatural do things literally only God can get the credit for because it changes people's lives. And if you missed last week, I'm I'm sorry because it was a really powerful moment up here at the end that literally that most people long for, their inward desire, long to see something like that where, you know, they say, oh, I just hope a revival breaks out. Well, it did. 
because everybody up here, it was like a, you know, most people complain about checkout lines and, and, and they're impatient, but when there's a line just to get to the altar and then people just sort of lay down in the aisle, that's just pretty awesome, right? It's just overwhelming. And it was truly encouraging to be here. And if you missed it, I encourage you to go check out the podcast. Now, it can't reproduce what we experienced, but at least you'll know where we've been. And maybe it can connect some of the dots as we continue to move forward to, to this moment in time with us, which is Eve Eve service. And then, here's my plug. If you haven't got your tickets, they're going fast. They're free, but you need to get online. Even right now, go ahead, break your cell phones out, get on our website, click on the thing, and just, you know, you choose, you choose which, which service you want to go to. And if you need to reserve 10, 12 tickets, you, you just do that, and you give them away to some of your friends and relatives, and you just, we'll just, see, we'll just have a big old loft party on Christmas Eve Eve. And that is Saturday, not Friday. I know the card's messed up, but that's okay. That's my fault, you know. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those things where we really want you here on EV because we believe when we're together, it's better. And we just want to celebrate Jesus together on EV. And so um, invite some people because tickets are going. And, and I promise you, you don't want to miss out on what, what we have to, to, to experience together. And, uh, but last week, what we leaned into was, was the teaching of James. The teaching of James. And, and if you don't know who James is, James is the brother of Jesus and where he allowed us to see some things, and we're going to, to understand how to love like Jesus and really understand what it really means to be relabeled, right? And what it really means, who, who, who we are, identity. But what we learned was relabeling what I have starts with relabeling who I am, my identity, right? Who I am. And because in God's eyes, in Jesus' eyes, we are his what? Prized possession, you see, a lot of people walk in with labels all the time, and we have them from everywhere. But I'm telling you, you need to peel that thing off and lay it at the altar and allow yourself to be called a prized possession because that's who you are to God. Out of all creation, you are his prized possession. I mean, it was beautiful just to see this altar full of old labels. And I got to go through them this week and just read some of them. And I'm telling you, if you laid that thing down, I promise you, and experience the prize possession this week. It changed your life, didn't it? Yeah, I had some people say, man, this is good. And, and I had some people meet me in the, like the checkout lines of Walmart and some other things. And like, man, I've seen like 10 of those things go through there. This, what is prize possession? I'm just curious. And I was like, I'm glad you asked. Let me share. And they're like, wow, that's awesome. Where, where is this at? I'm like, it's just a movement of Christ followers who desire to do more and want to see something only God can get the credit for. And it was just pointing people back, so I'm encouraged by what I see because of you who are out there literally wearing your label, a prized possession. It changes things. So today, though, as we lean into this, this talk, and I don't want you to miss this, even if you're not a Christ follower, I don't want you to miss it because it's so huge, because it's, it has to do with results, you know, everybody likes to talk about results. Was it worth it? You know, do, did, did, did all that money and resources go to, to that thing? Did, was it worth it? Where's the results, right? I know there's a network that we were a part of even this week. And I was meeting with some guys and, and we invested a lot of money and, and they asked the simple question, was it worth it? And I know one of our guys said, absolutely. Because God's already multiplied that over 10 times fold and he's already replaced those resources and we've seen seed sown. 
and we've seen fruit from it. So absolutely, it was worth it. Will we do it again? I don't know, but we're going to do other things that allows us to experience Jesus. You see, even if you're not a Christ follower, I pray that you allow yourself to hear what it needs to be said. And at the, at the, at the, at the, at the least, I, I hope and pray you see the result of what happens when we all do what it says in the Bible when we're obedient with what Jesus said when, we, when he said these two famous words, these two words, hey, follow me. Just do what I do. And he, he gave. He gave sacrificially. He, 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 he led a life that way. And when you do it, when you, when you challenge yourself, when you change yourself, when you change what you care about, you start to do things that literally are generous. And some of you are new, or maybe some of you are coming back to faith, and some of you are coming to church with me. Is this pastor going to start talking about money? Not really. I'm going to talk about generosity. It's totally different. However, I'll tell you this, money's mentioned more times in the Bible than heaven or hell. So it must have been kind of important to Jesus. And if that's true, then we should at least be obedient to what he has to say, right? Not what I have to say. I don't want your money. I just want to see what God can do with our resources, our time, our talent, and our tithe. And when we get serious about generosity, I promise you, God will get serious about us. He'll do something that literally the supernatural takes place. And so here in a couple of weeks, um, we're going to get into something like I, 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 I call, you know, uh, a go-getter speed. I mean, literally, we are. I mean, we're just a couple of weeks away from Christmas. And for those who haven't got all their Christmas shopping done, anybody got their Christmas shopping done? All of it? Every single? Yeah, we don't like you. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's just those things, you know, we go get in the go-getter speed, right? We're like, oh, we got to go get this, and we got to go get this, right? We just run, 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 run. We constantly run, and you go get everything you need. Oh, we've got this one gift. We go, 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 go. And, and, and next thing you know, your, your credit card is overload, load, load, right? And you're like, well, how did that happen? I don't know. We just go all the time, it seems like. And then we're just wore down, and Christmas comes, and you just want to sleep in all day on Sunday or whenever Christmas is this year, Monday, I think. I don't know. But it's just on December 25th. I know it's that day. You just want to sleep in and rest because you've been going. You've got that go-getter type of attitude, right? And the funny thing is, is people notice around us. Like, you're a Christian, and all these parties, and I, who wants to do that, you know? They, they notice that we're not okay. They see it in their face, the stress. They see the, the wrinkles. They see that we're kind of sick because we're just constantly go-getting, trying to get everything in, all the parties, the dinners, the decorations, the presents, and the cards. And if you get some, forget somebody, you got those extra cards in your pocket, and you just pull, oh, here's your card, right? You preppers, uh, those people who do that, you know, we just, we just go get. We are go-getters by nature because we see it around us. And what I think what Jesus wants us to be, instead of a go-getter, he, he really, he wants us to be a, a go-giver. And it's sort of got the same language, but it changes everything when we, when we sort of give things away and from our heart perspective. When we do this, we begin to worry less about things and we focus on the main thing that matters the most, which is Jesus. And here's a classic example. In a couple of weeks, um, we will open up some gifts around the Christmas tree. Maybe some of you got, got some family coming in. We'll, we'll open up gifts, right? And some big, some small, maybe some of us will be disappointed. Uh, but we'll buy gifts for, for people, and we, we, we went, go get and get all this. And we were so excited. And, 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 and here's the funny thing. They even might re-gift that item, and it really could be disappointed. You never know. 
you know, what a person truly wants. But when we think about the, the perfect gift, right, and we think about that one perfect gift that's really good for our kids, and we do all that, we, just, we, we get that, we go, we, we stood in line all this time to get this one gift, and, then just, and they open it, and then they set it to the side, and then they go back to this object, and they have more fun with that object that doesn't cost anything. Yeah, they, they play with that box. And, and I just want to encourage you, oh, parents, just go get a bunch of boxes for Christmas. It's way cheaper, right? It's a brilliant idea. Order a bunch of boxes off Amazon, stack them all up, wrap them all up, and just say, Merry Christmas. And let's just see who's happy. Kids might not be, but you will definitely be. Yet, we'll go after that go-getter type of attitude. We'll go, go, go until we find that perfect gift, that last-minute little wrapping paper. As we get gifts we wanted, and they disappoint even us sometimes, and they might disappoint, disappoint the other person. The, the end results, though, the end results is we realize something is missing and it makes us frustrated or mad. And it just sort of takes our focus off the main focus because it really didn't come from the heart of a giver. It just became out of that heart of go-getter. On the flip side, sometimes you get that gift that essentially makes your day simply because it came from a go-giver heart of love. It was, maybe it was crafted, right? It was a crafted little sugar, doughy, glitter-full junk that your school loves to torture parents with, and they bring them home, and they, you know, it, it's the thumbprint or whatever, and, and you're just like, and, and it really just touches you because it says, I love my dad. And, you know, it's still on your tree. I mean, you go spend all these things, but you, you make sure that one makes it year after year. It's, it's those types of, of go-getter attitudes of a loving go-giver heart that changes everything when you receive those type of gifts, doesn't it? This week, I had the privilege of, of, of partnering with the, the Salvation Army kettlebell the pod at, at, at the ringing the bell for the Salvation Army. And, and for those of you all who helped, I just want to say, man, thanks for standing in the gap in some freezing cold temperatures. I mean, you guys knocked it out of the park in some bitterly, bitterly cold uh, temperatures. And I know some families did it last night all the way to the very end, and way to go. I mean, it was cold out there. It was snowing, uh, literally freezing cold temperatures. But they did well. And I, I do know this, you know, we, we were able to do some things. And, and, and I went out uh, with, with this attitude on Friday. Uh, you know, I didn't think about doing this. It just sort of, I, I knew I needed to do it out of love. And, and I needed to change uh, what I cared about a little bit more. And some people were like, oh, you just want, you know, you just want to do it. No, I wasn't planning on doing it. I was just going to go out there and, and just sing some songs, Christmas songs for all to hear. Uh, but instead, you know, instead of just go and getting it done, right? Instead of being that go-getter done attitude, uh, I went with a go-giver love attitude. And, and, and I went all in. And the results were unbelievable. Uh, so dressing up as Buddy the Elf will change everything. And when you start singing and dancing on the sidewalk, it literally changes the atmosphere. And I had people coming up and giving money left and right. And they were like, you know, do you do parties? I said, like, no. <laughs> no, I do not do parties. Yeah, Sunday morning. And so, I, but I had people coming up and taking pictures. And I had people just literally just dumping money left and right. And it was awesome. The kettlebell filled up quickly. We had to go get another kettlebell. And then I had people doing drop-bys because you were too 
chicken to get out in the cold temperatures and come take a picture with Buddy the Elf. You just drove by once, twice, and, and I know it got on social media because I saw it. <laughs> and I was the weird guy or the fruitcake that day. But I, I watched, what I watched was grown men. I watched grown men walk across that parking lot because they come out that, that door and they see and then it. <laughs> and then they see me singing Merry Christmas or Jingle Bells or Frosty the Snowman. Thumpity, thump, thump, thumpity, thump, thump. Here goes Frosty. I was singing for everything I had. Man, I was ringing those bells and they would look back at me and you could see something happening. They would get about to the handicapped parking spots at Walmart. And then they would just turn around and walk all the way back across the parking lot. It's worth five bucks. <laughs> I was like, come back tomorrow. You know, <laughs> we'll do this again. And literally, I watched people give unconditionally because it happened. When you have a go-giver love attitude and go all in, it changes perspective of just hearing the numbness of the bell. Man, they heard the ringing of Buddy the Elf singing songs for all loud to hear, and it changed the atmosphere because especially when someone is six foot eight standing there dancing in front of them and trying to embrace them and give them a hug, uh, you know, it changes things. And I was... That was crazy. I might need psychological evaluation some days. But it was awesome. The amount of resources that were raised over the last two days was fun because we changed that. I had Walmart employees come out and say, man, you guys are fun. I was like, is it not fun up here? People normally singing your stuff? And they're just like, well, you guys got music and you got this and who can top Buddy the Elf? I was like, Santa Claus! <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry, man. I just, I told you I'm weird. Your first time, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it was awesome. And they were just encouraging the Walmart employees. And, they, and one Walmart manager walks out and says, you know you're making the front page of our Walmart, you know, district stuff. And I was like, you want to be in my picture? You know, let's take a selfie. Wait a minute, an Elfie. You know, it was just all those moments and you just get into the character. But here's what happened. Here's what happened. Let's, let's, let's get back, come on. Um, the go-giver of love type of attitude. I, I, saw, I saw a mom. I saw a mom walk in and you could tell she was sort of just dragging the kid. Not just walking with the kid. It was more like, get, get, come on, you know? And she was just looking at me like, trying to point to mom, and, 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 and mom was just like, yeah, 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 and just, she was go-getting. She was go-getting. And you could see the little girl, and I was just sitting there waving to the little girl, and the little girl was just waving back at me, just trying. <laughs> and the mom just wasn't paying attention because she was on that little device. It sort of distracts us from the moment. Some of you all have those devices. And she was dragging her child into Walmart, trying to just make it through the day. You could see the stress in her eyes. You could see the moment sort of just take place. And it was just unfolding before me, and I just saw the little girl. And I remember just saying, okay, God, just be with that little girl, and just, just prayed over. And as, 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 as the moment just sort of took place, and she come back out, and guess what that little girl had? A couple pennies. But she was coming out, and she had told, she told her mom that, Evidently, I was out there. Mom was like, there's no way. There's, you, know, 
You could tell that moment took place. But the mom come out and she was like. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the little girl walks up to me and she tried to give it to me and I wouldn't take it. I said, put it in the bucket. She put it in the bucket and she gave me a fist bump. Then I shook her hand, gave her a high five, and then I gave her a hug. And as she walked away, she grabs that mom's hand. <laughs> mom's just sort of just perplexed. She still doesn't know what to say. But then all of a sudden, that little girl says, I told you he was real. <laughs> Generosity matters. Because I watched the mom melt. She melted. She turned back and looked at me and just said, thank you. Thank you. I'll dress up as Buddy the Elf every single day of the year if it requires me just to see and to be a part of a moment like that. That literally, I don't know what they're going through financially. I don't know what their stress is going through, but it changed the moment. See, love changed the day when God sent his son and for us to follow in his footsteps may require you dressing up as Buddy the Elf. It may require you to give up things and release things and whatever it is, whatever it is, I pray you just be generous with whatever you have resource-wise because when you do that, it multiplies. It went from a little girl who saw me on the way in and probably talked her mom's head off and she walked out just to give some money in that little kettlebell, but when she walked out and saw me standing there, well, it changed everything. And then when the little girl said, Mom, I told you it was real. It changed the whole moment. You know they went home with the right attitude. You know they turned that car radio on to Christmas mix. It changed everything because that's what love does. It changes everything. Now you may say, what's the big deal? Just a ringing of the bell. Well, when people just need some sign of hope, or a smile or laugh during a season when we, all we do is just go, 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 get her done. When they see it, they feel it, and they enjoy it, and they feel love. It can multiply and change lives that can change lives. That's why it's so important for us to be not just a go-getter-done type of church. We need to be a go-giver-of-love type of church. John 13, 35, it really does say this. They'll know us by our love. They'll know who you follow by the way you love one another. People are asking constantly, where are you from? Out there, standing there in the cold. And I would answer, come on, from the North Pole. <laughs> Cotton-headed ninny ninny-mungans. But as soon as they would find out that I was a pastor and a fruitcake, I would say, come check it out. So I don't know if you were here today and you were in line or you were just out there visiting with me or talking, but I say, welcome. And I pray the God of this universe penetrates your heart in a way that explodes love into generosity because that's what this church is about. You see, what are the results when we become a go-giver of love? 
supernatural things start to happen and begin to happen all around us that only God can get the credit for. And that's why even in our core, core values of our church, it states if you want to be a partner with Centerpoint, you, you, you will lead the way with crazy, crazy generosity, it says. Even when it does not make sense, we will love with our time, our talent, and our, and our treasures to create a culture just like the first century church did. And if you have your Bibles, that's where we're heading, the first century church in the book of Acts. So turn to Acts 4. This is exactly how the first church started and launched, and they began a movement. It was because of their crazy generosity, it began a movement, and that is what we want to be known for as a generous church, because we want to to challenge you to do something that only God can get the credit for. And when you go share your story, it multiplies. It multiplies and it multiplies and it multiplies because people can't shut up about real stories. They hear about all the bad stuff that goes on in churches, but I'm telling you that they can't take away your real story with Christ because it's real. Speaking of that, did you know the only thing that does not multiply is zero? Even a one does something. Think about that. When we give something, with our time, our talent, our treasure, it does multiply. But if we don't do anything, it sits idle. Now look in the book of Acts, and let's look at that for a second. In in chapters 1, 2, and 3, this contains the events that surrounded Jerusalem and the infancy of the church, of the movement. The contents of these passages surround the, the early movement of the work of the church in Jerusalem, it describes the events of, of Pentecost. If you know what Pentecost is, it's just a breakout of the Holy Spirit. And the amazingly bold sermon that presented by the Apostle Peter to all the Jews who gathered for the feast there. And the result of the sermon was nearly 3,000 new believers surrendering their life over to Jesus because they, they saw the gift of generosity through love. And they described what it means to be fully devoted to Jesus. And they they continue upon their journey and they keep on pressing in. Great things are put into motion in the first three chapters of Acts. But when we hit chapter four, when we hit chapter four, the supernatural movement really takes off and begins. And and it is the result of re-gifting. It's the result of re-gifting everything uh, every person had. It it was was no longer a go-getter done moment in life. It was a go-giver of love moment that changed a culture. It changed a culture. And in verse 32, it said this, in 432, it says, and all the believers, now then you got to put this in context. If you grew up in church, man, it's really hard to get all the believers on the same page in the first place because someone's still mad about the color of the walls. Now then it said all the believers were united. Unity, right? They were united in heart and in mind. They were together right here. They wasn't worried about the external things. They were worried about the internal things, about you and me all together. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The one thing that was completely in common across the board was Jesus. Jesus was the common thing. No one thought of their own selfish needs. They lived life together and truly looked to the other's needs first. And they lived in unity. What we could say is it this way. The results of giving are unity. Literally, the results of giving are unity in our community. 
Essentially, from reading this, uh, the takeaway uh, is, is pure and simple is this. For me, I can't be a selfish person and be a generous person as well. You can't do both. It's physically impossible. I, I grew up, I have kids, and I grew up as a child. I really was a child one time. I was a little kid. But, you know, I remember these words. This, this famous, this famous one-liner. It's, 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 it's mine. Right? Did you ever say that as a kid? I got four, and they all say it. It's crazy. Where'd they learn that from? You see, as parents or as families, we are called to father children in a way that teaches them to share because God taught us what it means to re-gift and share first. We should be teaching our kids to share by example. What would our, what would our relationships look like if, if we did this in a way that we shared all the time with everything that we had and we were generous in ways that only God gets the credit for. Instead, what I, what I believe happens in our culture is, and it's more true where we live, where the Western part of the United States, and you know, in the culture of the Westerners, right? We're, we're called the Westerners. Is, is, is we feel this way. We, we say, how are my needs going to be met? We live this way. How are my needs going to be met? And even in our church, modern day church people do this, especially in North American church culture, if we can't get our needs met here at this church, we'll go to that church. We'll, we'll take, we'll take, and we'll take, and, and we'll become spiritual consumers instead of spiritual contributors. This is huge, and this is why the church is, is failing. I mentioned that earlier, right? That's why 3,700 churches probably had an experience of failure because most people just come out of spiritual consumerism not ready to roll up their sleeves and have that go-giver of love attitude and become a spiritual contributor. Some people just come just to get that donut. Just being honest. Twiddling your thumb, checking your fantasy football. They're just, they're not here, they're checked out. They're consumer. But a contributor means they're all in and they're just, they're waiting eagerly for God to give them the next assignment to go out and impact the world. You see, the church we see here is more about others in everything, yet in today's culture, it's sad, but it's true, the church culture is, is what's in it for me? We are worried about ourselves, but when we worry about thy neighbor like Jesus taught, it changes who we are in the inside. It changes the atmosphere. And the culture 2,000 years ago, they had way less we had, they had way less and, and we have so much more, but they were crazy generous with everything. And if we could follow that just to a 10th, if we could follow that just to a 10th, what would it look like? It would be crazy generosity is what it would look like that could change lives, that could change lives, which causes a supernatural generosity, just like Buddy the Elf. When I went out in love, people began to feel the love and they responded with generosity. It's, it's a natural cause and effect. If you go in love, it changes the atmosphere. In verse 33, it says this, the apostles, the apostles testified powerfully, powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. Powerful. You see this word in the Greek, the power side, is actually this Greek word called dumanos. Or in other words, like 
dynamite. Like dynamite. Have you ever seen dynamite blow up? When it blows, it blows. And when they shared their story, it was like an explosion. It exploded generosity in all directions. And, and when it happened, people took notice. They, they, they started to listen because it started to change lives. And I, and I thought about it this week and, and I just sort of crafted this and I thought, when we're bold, it explodes. It just does. When we are bold with our faith in Jesus Christ, it explodes outwardly and we don't even know what it's gonna touch, who it's gonna hit, but it affects everybody. When we're bold, it explodes. You see, the results of regifting is we become bolder and more impactful. You actually start to line up the dynamite left and right, and you're just, you're just an explosion waiting to happen. In Revelation chapter 12, it talks about the blood of the lamb, and it talks specifically about your testimony and what it causes and how it moves. And if we don't re-gift it, then we can't see what could happen. You see, people all the time are saying things like, I wish I could see a revival. I wish we could see that revival start. And I simply would love to respond. And I, and I say, you know, honestly, you're, you're, you're living in it. Just open your mouth about Jesus and watch what happens. Just open your mouth to Jesus and just watch what happens. That's what a revival looks like. Share it. Share it in a way that literally changes lives. And when you dare to take a dare about Jesus, get ready. You see, over the past couple of weeks, I've watched people write out their stories completely on Facebook, social media, Instagram. Not on Twitter because it's too short. But hashtag regive CP, right? It is dunamis because it's exploding outward into other people's lives and you don't know who it's going to hit. Last the last couple of weeks, I've noticed people's responses, and they just keep on getting better and better. And there was one that I, I would like to share that has been far, far from God over the past decade and truthfully gave up on God. But because this one person in this room decided to be bold enough and share intimately everything that's happened to his life, and literally over the past six months, he's given his, his life over to God and it's changed everything. He's gone from a, a substance dependency, literally to cleanliness dependency on Jesus alone, and it's changed his life. And when he got bold, he shared it. He took the dare, and the supernatural took place. And it grabbed dunamis. It grabbed a person's heart. It grabbed a person's heart, and it won him back to his. That gift of love changed radically a person's walk. And last, last week, he shows up, and, and he just so overwhelmed and he just doesn't know how to respond to it and he just experiences the Holy Spirit in a way that literally he just gets on Facebook and he goes nuts about God. Like, I, I gotta share this with the world. I gotta tell everybody what I'm experiencing and then just the only way he knows to do it is just the most honest and transparent way is just to be bold and just go for it. And it's impacting people. And he writes this this week. I'm now a stalker of him. He doesn't know that. But he says, I was in the Dollar Tree last night and there was a lady and two kids behind me. There was a long line. 
there was a big kid and, and there was a toddler and the, big, the bigger one had a pack of glow sticks. A pack of glow sticks and the, the baby was screaming for them so the mom just opened up the pack and, and she gave one of them to him which stopped the tears. And if you know babies, they do cry. He walked around with it just smiling and the, and the bigger boy took, took it and the baby started screaming once again. And just as the mom was about to fuss at the older child, the older one bent the glow stick and he handed it back to the baby. And as he walked outside at the same time, the baby noticed the stick was now glowing. And his brother said, hey, I had to break it so you could get the full effect. I almost ran because I could hear God saying to me, I had to break you to show you why I created you. You had to go through everything so you could fulfill your purpose to glow. That little baby was just happy swinging around the unbroken glow stick around in the air because it didn't understand what it was created to do, which was to glow. There are some people who would just be content with just being. But some of us that God has chosen, we have to go through this brokenness. And when, we, when all the breaking is done, then we will be able to see the reasons for why we were created to glow. Some of you needed to hear that story. And this is somebody who's new to faith, literally within a week. Is that not just exciting? I don't know. That to me, that just gets me pumped up about Christmas. That is Christmas. You see, when we start to literally be bold with our story, it changes the atmosphere. When we go for the attitude of go-giver of love, it changes everything. It illuminates things back towards Jesus. You see, when we, when we, when we have a compassion towards what God's trying to do and towards others, it results in the supernatural acts that change lives. You see, the, the truth is the, the results of re-gifting create compassion. They create compassion. In Acts chapter 34, it says, there was no needy people among them. No needy people, because those who own land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles and give to those in need. Now, I know that's stretching for a lot of us, but put into context, I'm serious. They literally sold things and gave them away, things they didn't need. Crazy results happen when you give. There was not a needy person among them because compassion brought out literally this moment of generosity, supernatural, yes? Can you imagine what that looks like in a third world country today, pretty much? They did it because they shared, because as many of them, they sold it all and they gave it away. Why? Because they knew what happens when you give. A supernatural thing happens. And what happens is, is in you, is you, you draw more like Jesus. You become more compassionate and it changes our heart and you want to go more and deeper and you want to follow the light that changes everything. Now, I love this next verse. And it's not to make anybody feel guilty this morning. That's just the Holy Spirit. But, but I want you to listen carefully and lean into this encouragement. 36, it says, for instance, there was, a, there was Joseph, the one of the apostles named Barnabas, which also means son of encouragement. 
He, he was from the, the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold his field he owned and he brought the money to the apostles. Son of encouragement. Joseph named Barnabas, son of encouragement, changed the atmosphere because he dared to give it all. Now, I know some families even here in here that have literally experienced this even this past month because they've been blessed enough to, to literally evaluate and, and I'm encouraged by their encouragement of what God's doing and, and, and they're getting rid of a car because they don't need it and they just wanna see what God can do with it. This Christmas, they, they literally, it's sitting in the parking lot today because they're excited to give that car away to our church to, to encourage somebody else. That's encouragement, guys. I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty, but when you go down this road and follow the light, I'm telling you, it changes things out of love. You see, a couple years ago when we launched this church, a couple of people and a couple of families pulled together something only that God could get the credit for. We had to raise about $60,000 in just a few months to be able to launch in a school right up the street. That might, have, might as well have been like a million dollars to us. Those eight to 10 families, it might as well have just been a million bucks. We're like, how is this even possible? I said, let's just pray. Let's, let's focus on Jesus and let's, let's get really serious about our faith. And we, had, we, we literally just, we just knew this was gonna happen and we, we began to see something that only, when, when God ordains something, he will sustain it. That was our focus. And we watched the supernatural take place. And when we hit that mark in about nine months of giving, with just a launch team who, who caught the vision of the church, it began to change the culture where we live. And because of their story, that's how we are able to get where we're at today here in the loft and, and possibly even to uh, a dream bigger here in 2018. Because of that story, we, we see people literally uh, lean in and, and I've, 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 I've seen people cash out their 401ks simply because of, they, just, they have an inward desire to change what they, they care about and it begins to change lives that, that, because it, it changes everything when we get this thing right of generosity because generosity matters to God. And, and I look into my story. And I don't want to sit up here and, and, and just talk and talk and talk about me. But I, what I do know is this. I, I can't ask you to give what I haven't done. And if you don't know my story, for five years, we, we decided not to take a salary here. And, and we actually are one of those couples that have emptied out a 401k just to survive in our family of four. We don't expect anything. I go out and raise support but I want this church to thrive in our community because I believe in what God can do in a church that's laser focused on Jesus. And I'm just asking you to consider what that looks like in your life. You see, when we are generous, when we become re-gifters of what God already did and everything God has blessed us with, it multiplies in ways he gets the credit the result of regifting multiplies. The result of regifting multiplies. And Acts chapter 6, verse 7 says this. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. I don't know if you caught that. But when you get serious about what God has already gave you and start to regift it in a way that literally supernatural things take place, it multiplies, and even the churchgoers, guys, get excited. 
It draws people in far from God, but then the churchgoers get excited because they see God do something and come alive in our culture. You see, we don't want to just become a bigger church for the sake of getting better. We, we want to change the city by our love, by being generous with our time, our talent, and our tithe. And it starts with you. It starts with you. Stop just, let's just go to church. Let's go get her done. Let's stop that attitude this Christmas. And let's begin a Christmas of, of a go-giver of love attitude. And when we do this, it changes things. And the best way I know how to do this is, 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 is this jar of M&Ms. It's not because I love M&Ms. These peanut M&Ms, I really do. It, it's because a lot of us, we go reaching in for this jar of peanut M&Ms. I don't care how hard you do and you got it. I've got the M&Ms. I got it in my hand. I, 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 I got it. But there's no way I can physically pull it out because we go reaching in to try to enjoy the blessing. I've been in M&M's. We, we go in. But until you decide to let go and allow God to do what he does best, you can never enjoy everything to its fullest capacity. You can reach in and maybe get one out. That's all I can get out. But just like in the book of Malachi 3, when it, when it says, when we follow his truth of being generous, it multiplies and it pours, it pours, it pours out by our obedience towards Jesus to everybody around. There's enough to share. There's enough for you to enjoy and taste and see that it is good. What is it that you're trying to hold on to? And maybe you're the type of gifter that does this. Maybe you hide it. What is it? He's just asking for you just to be obedient and open up your hands like this and to enjoy what it tastes like for everybody to share. I pray that this Christmas you become a go-giver of love and you open up your treasure box and you see what happens when you get serious about your faith because it will start to glow. It will start to be radiant and people will start to ask questions of why you are doing that. And when we start to look inwardly at our own life and we start to answer those questions, the only thing we have to answer is Jesus changed my life and it changed my story. So what's your story look like? Financially strapped today? Divorced? What is it? Kids got you going crazy? Are you just in that go-getter spirit where you just got to go, go, go? You probably got four parties today. What is it? I don't know, but I know this. When you go with a go-giver attitude of love, you begin to glow. And the abundance of love pours out over everybody by our obedience, and it changes the atmosphere. People are looking for a miracle. Maybe the miracle is your act of obedience. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you so much for how you give sacrificially and you gave out of obedience. God, I just pray over our friends here today that they have ears to hear and they, just, they listen to the word in a way that literally allows them to experience changing what they care about through generosity because generosity truly matters. 
God, it changes the culture, it changes the environments, and it literally allows the church to get the credit for, for things in ways that literally changes the trajectory of where we're going in our, in our, in our, in, in our America and in the world. There's some darkness literally around the, in our times right now, and we, we need for the church to rise up, but it begins with us. It begins with us. Gotta pray for our hearts to be generous with our time, our talent, our tithe. And when we get that right, we're gonna see a radiant, beautiful blessing that pours out over all of our culture and does something only you can get the credit for that changes lives, that changes lives. And it's gonna multiply into our next generation or our next generation or our next. God, I thank you so much for your love and how it pours out and it multiplies into us. In your holy and precious name, amen.